May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. The scripture reading today is from 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but God has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. My child, we are not called to fear, but to live by faith. I'm really thrilled to be back among you for a few weeks or perhaps months. Today's Martin Luther King Jr. Sunday, and normally the entire service would focus on racial justice. Today's a kind of special Sunday, so we need to do some other things as well. And we also don't want to restrict looking at that subject to one Sunday a year, so we'll look at it in a couple of weeks in that sermon. Being a unique Sunday, we need to look at some stuff and think about stuff together. So it's a little, inter well, actually, it's a long introduction, but then it's a short sermon. <laughs> the Vikings aren't on until 3.30, so just settle in. <laughs> okay. There are three reasons that I said yes to this opportunity. The first is that I have been pushing the presbytery to engage bridge pastors. It's a new concept. Our Presbyterian system is decent and orderly, but it's really long. And even just to get to a transitional pastor, we used to call interim pastors, sometimes takes a while. And so the bridge pastor is somebody that comes in right away and steadies the ship, so to speak. So I was pushing it. And also, I pray for you each morning in my morning devotions for years and years. Pray for St. Luke. So when Brendan phoned me and told me he was resigning, and after I got over my shock and disappointment, he asked uh, if I would consider being the bridge pastor. I thought, well, I suppose I need to put my money where my mouth has been. Uh, and I think I can be helpful. And the third reason I'm going to talk to about in a little bit. To be clear, I'm not interested in continuing on as the full-time uh, transitional pastor. I have two other part-time jobs that I love and that I will be continuing. I'm, for the last three and a half years, I've been working at the First Christian Church of Stillwater, which was my first congregation right out of seminary. And I'm the visitation pastor. So one day a week I do pastoral calling and I preach about once a month. And then I also uh, have been doing a little bit of storytelling slash stand-up comedy and I want to continue that. So. Um, my job as bridge pastor is not to make stuff happen, okay? My role is primarily in these four areas, to provide a non-anxious presence. I've been around the block a time or ten. Second, to moderate the session. Third, to preach. And fourth, to provide pastoral care. The pastoral care piece actually started back December 26th when I, uh, with 
Brennan's encouragement, I went and visited Kurt Hill at the NC Little Hospice, and we had a, a brief but holy time together. And it was his last day he was able to communicate. And I feel very uh, privileged to be officiating at his service here in a couple weeks. Kurt and I go way back to before I came to St. Luke, actually. A transition is a time to recalibrate. During the pandemic, a lot of stuff necessarily shifted to the staff. And it's time now to reclaim your power and your responsibilities to make the committees, the focus groups, and individually to carry on the work, to be the priesthood of all believers. Most of you I already know, some of you I don't. I'm eager to get to know and uh, love as well those of you that I don't know yet. It's fun to, already been fun this last week and a half to reconnect with some of you and to uh, see one of my heroes, Dick Lundy, at the Hermanos breakfast yesterday. It's always nerving, ner nervous making when you have clergy in the congregation, especially ones that you look up to so much. So be, be kind, Dick. Um, instead of answering the same questions over and over and over again following worship, just let me catch you up with our family. <laughs> okay? Uh, my bride, Chris, is over there. Mary. <laughs> you should get applause for putting up with me for 35 years. Uh, our oldest son, Andy, is 33, and he uh, lives here in Minnetonka. He's an industrial sales rep, and he and Diana are getting married sometime later this year. Uh, well, I should say, uh, no. <laughs> She's looking at me like, what he is? No, that's it. <laughs> what I like to say is that uh, Chris and I are eagerly awaiting the birth of our first grandchild, who has not yet been conceived, but we're <laughs> eagerly awaiting. And Allie is 30, and she's getting married May 20th, and um, she's a public defender for Hennepin County, lives in St. Louis Park. Our youngest, Angie, is 26. She's a uh, supervisor in an autism center, um, and she just loves that work. Uh, she does not have a fiance, she does have a dog. So she, and she lives uh, with us at the moment, so. And we still live in the same house we live, we moved here, and so far we're still able to handle the steps. Looking ahead, next week I'm gonna be on a long planned vacation, unfortunately not down south, but up north. Uh, Two weeks from today, we're going to look together at Reasons for Hope. Anybody need hope these days? Okay, so a couple of couple weeks and then the following week. Uh, things I've learned in the 21 years since I was here. Uh, I've learned a lot. So, all right, let's get into it. From 2 Timothy once again. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but God has given us a spirit of power and of love, and of sound judgment and personal discipline. My child, you are not called to fear, but to live by faith. Please pray with me. Gracious God, may these ancient words become living word in our lives, that we may serve with faithfulness and joy. 
All of life is change. As the old saying goes, you can't step into the same river twice. For some of you, going through a pastoral transition is a new experience. Some of you have been through it a half dozen times. But it can be a discombobulating time and anxiety-producing. Early in my first pastorate back at Stillwater, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, <laughs> I remember one summer Sunday following worship, we had a celebration of Doris Rice. Doris had been a member of that church for 50 years, which seemed like an awful long time to me since it was twice as long as I was old. And we had cake and rip your floats. Do we have any 50-year members of St. Luke here? Well, let's have cake and rip your floats one of these days, okay? Welcome. Blessings. So anyhow, privately, after, during this, you know, after the fa-la-la, Dora said to me, you know, Bill, ministers come, ministers go. It's why I don't worry too much about what you do or say. <laughs> I've never forgotten that. <laughs> and I realized when I served as an interim pastor about 10 years later that all of ministry is interim. You know, all of everything is interim. So, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. At the same time, Brennan leaves a ginormous hole in our hearts. He's a remarkable pastor, a stellar human being. We're sad at his leaving. I am too. Of course, that's a good thing, that you're sad when the pastor leaves. <laughs> Some of us have been other ways. As we say at the time of a death, heartbreak is the price we pay for love. So I encourage you to feel what you're feeling. Sadness, certainly. Maybe some disappointment. Maybe even anger. It's okay. Our feelings are just our feelings. They're not right or wrong. So feel what you feel. And then let go. An excellent staff remains. The ministry team here, Nora, David, and... This is the third reason I was eager to take this role. Um, you know, they're, as you know better even than I do, they're phenomenal. They've given me such a, a warm welcome and keep answering the same the questions that I keep asking over and over. And so thank you. And, you know, this is really a phenomenal congregation. And you will attract a lot of really good candidates. So, all right. This is a phenomenal congregation, yes. In the last couple of weeks, I heard this great line as a pastor described her congregation. She said, we're just a bunch of weirdos. 
all flopping Godward. Now there's a visual, isn't it? We're just a bunch of weirdos all flopping Godward. Well, to some extent, that describes every congregation, but really this one. <laughs> and I say that with all affection and include myself in it. You know, we're doing the best we can, and that's pretty darn good. Our task in this interim time is the same as it always is, and that's to be faithful. Faithful to the God that we know through Jesus. Like Jesus, we rest in the, um, God's embrace. We rest in God's embrace and then share that unconditional love with the world. As the body of Christ, our role is to walk faithfully each day in paths of light and justice, of grace and tenderness. Martin Luther King was called a social activist, a change agent. He became a worldwide celebrity. But he thought of himself first and foremost as a preacher. His father was a minister. His grandfather was a minister. His great-grandfather was a minister. He was carrying on the family business. King was a man of prodigious intellect of far-seeing vision, of soul-stirring eloquence, and of steely courage. Man of great power. King readily acknowledged that his power came from time spent on his knees, tapping into the power of the Holy Spirit. Our task, as always, is not to wrestle in the kingdom of God by our own heroic activity, but to get on board with what the Spirit is already doing, which requires on our part listening, some intentional opening up of our spirits to the movement of the Holy Spirit. Again, God has given us a spirit of power and of love, of sound judgment and personal discipline including the discipline of listening. There's a line from 2 Peter, which in one translation reads, we are invited to share in the very being of God. Share in the very being of God. Author Bob Benson gives us a lovely metaphor to think about that. He writes... Do you remember old-fashioned Sunday school picnics? It was before air conditioning. They said, we'll meet at 4.30 Saturday at Sycamore Lodge in Shelby Park. You bring your supper and we'll furnish the tea. Well, you got home at the last moment and when you went to pack your lunch, all you could find in the refrigerator was one dried up piece of bologna. And just enough mustard, you got it all over your knuckles trying to get it out of the jar and a couple of stale pieces of bread. So you made your bologna sandwich, you wrapped it in some brown paper bag, and you went to the picnic. And when it came time to eat, well, you sat down at the end of a picnic table and you unwrapped your sandwich. And the people next to you, 
Well, they were good cooks, and they had worked all day. And they had fried chicken and baked potatoes and coleslaw and potato salad and pickles and onions and celery and olives. And to top it all off, two homemade chocolate pies. And they spread it all out next to you. And they said, let's just put it all together. Oh, no, 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 no. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. No, no, really. We've got plenty of chicken and plenty, plenty of everything, and we just love bologna sandwiches. Let's just put it all together. <laughs> so you did. And there you sat, eating like royalty when you came like a pauper. And I get to thinking, writes Benson, I think of me sharing in the very being of God when I think of how little I bring and of how much God brings and that God invites me to share. I know I should be shouting from the housetops, but I am so full of awe and wonder I can scarcely be heard. I know you don't have enough love and faith or grace or mercy or wisdom, but God has, God has all these things in abundance and says, let's just put it all together. Everything I possess is available to you. Everything I am and can be to a person, I am for you. When I think about it like that, it really amuses me to see somebody running along through life, hanging onto their dumb bag with that stale bologna sandwich, saying, God's not going to get my sandwich, this is mine. Did you ever see anybody like that? So needy, just about half starved to death, hanging on for dear life. It's not. God needs your sandwich. We need God's chicken. So, my friends, on this birthday of Martin Luther King, let us bring our bologna sandwich and all our gifts, small and large, and pool them together. And with God's blessing, share them with the world. Let us shower the world with justice and grace and love. Amen? Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace. <laughs>